Hello, soul seekers. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel Nutmeg Ganache. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because if it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't make sense. Sometimes the best things in life don't make sense. Sometimes the best things in life are free. I mean, the second best things in life are very expensive, though. That is true. It's a Coco Chanel quote that I live by. Oh, is it? Yeah, the best things in life are free. The second best are very expensive. (laughs) What would those be in your life? The second best things or the Mm. first best things? What would the first best things in life that are free be for you? Like friendship creativity sunshine mm-hmm. splashing around in the ocean mm-hmm. i mean these are all free things yeah i'd say so but then the next best things in life are like really nice clothes or luxury travel mm. or farm fresh cuisine <laughs> Crystals, you know, these things are very expensive. They can be for sure. Yeah. The way you buy them. Girl, I haven't bought a crystal in a minute. No, you haven't. We bought a crystal recently, but there was a gift for others. Well, yeah, that doesn't count if I'm giving a crystal to somebody. Right. Although it almost scratched the same itch. That's true. We did buy some like quirky art at an antique shop. Oh, we did do that actually. Recently. Yeah, we have to hang that art. Yeah. Who is the artist again? Peter Lightfoot. Peter Lightfoot, like a British artist. Is he British? Mm-hmm. He does all these like super trippy, like lunar landscapes from another dimension. Yeah. And we took this like quick little getaway up the coast and like wandered into this antique shop and it was just like leaned up against the wall and we kept feeling called to it. Yeah. It just felt very spiritual gazy. Mm-hmm. So... Well, let's hang it. Let's hang it. I'm down. Let's hang it tonight. Really? Sure, why not? Oh, my goddess. And we can post it to the instant. Everybody yes. can see it. Let's live. Love. Work. Laugh. Pose. It's been so long since we've done that. I know. <laughs> it felt good. Um, should we introduce ourselves oh. in case people have never heard this before? Yes. They're let's... like, who are these homosexuals? That is probably a good idea. Why don't okay. you go first? I'm Angel, not Meg Ganache, like I said. I am. I did a- not realize that you were related to Silky <laughs> Nutmeg Ganache. I had no idea all this I'm time. I'm from the House of Ganache. Honey. I am now after that performance. Now, uh, when this comes out, you know, there will have already been more. But uh, as of this recording, we've only seen up through Silky's just like slay-a-thon. And if you're occurred. like, what the hell are these homosexuals talking oh, right. about? Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Get into it. There was a game within a game. Yeah. So we are like basically at the very end of this competition, and we have found out that after every episode, the eliminated queen had the opportunity to lip sync against the queen that was eliminated the week before. Right. In order to see who might lip sync their way back into the competition. Yeah. So if you haven't watched anymore or haven't watched at all 
there's slight spoiler alert. We won't go that deep into it. Just know that Silky Nama Kanash is Icon Legend. Icon Legend. Want to get a Saint candle with her face on it. Yes. And um, and also, we are here for her. That episode stands alone. Like, you can just oh, yeah. watch that episode and get a taste of the unique creative genius that is Silky Nutmeg Ganache, and you will be yeah. deeply fulfilled. One of the greatest of all time. Like, truly. Like, even if you're like, I don't care about RuPaul, I don't care about Drag Race, I don't care about reality TV, just watch this last episode, and it will give you something. Yeah, it was so entertaining. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Um, But anyhow, uh, I am not related to Silky Nutmeg Ganache. What? Only in spirit, in distance, we're distant soul cousins. Okay. Um, I am Angel Lopez. Mm-hmm. I am a writer and a producer and an astrologer, a teacher, a healer, queeler. Yes, queen. And um, a lover uh, of croissants. Queer croissants. Queer croissants. We talked about that on a past episode, just being like complete idiots. Yeah. And one of our favorite gazers, Christine de la Garza, sent us t shirts with queer croissants on them. They're amazing. It's literally a croissant with eyeballs waving a gay flag. It's epic. So, Christine, we honor you. We we bow at your feet. Yeah, I was wearing it yesterday. And we're going to do a photo shoot with our croissant shirt soon. Yes, we'll send it to you. But thank you so much yeah, for seriously. sending that to us. It was awesome. But yeah, I am not a queer croissant. No, but you're a lover of queer croissants. Oh, I definitely, I mean, all croissants That's I'm a true. lover of. Yeah, there's not really a croissant that I don't love either. I mean. Except maybe a stale croissant. Bring it. Even that, bring it. I don't care. <laughs> Crumble it up, put it on a salad like a crouton. Oh, well, a croissant crouton a is... Cr- a, what did I just say? A croissant crouton? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. It's quite a luxury. <laughs> One of the second best things in life. Hey, seriously. Mm-hmm. Not that expensive, but expensive enough. Who knows? Depends on where you go. I mean, these places selling their croissants for like six fifty now. It's like... I'm just saying. Life is expensive. Yeah. Even the stale ones. Girl... But anyhow, I'm also your husband and you are. Yes, you are my husband. And and, you are. And I am (laughs) my own husband. No, I'm your husband. Yes. I'm Brandon Alter. I am a spiritual healer. I am a tarot reader and an astrologer. Um, I teach all of these things as well. I'm also a writer and a performer and all the the queer things that we, we talk about. A queer mystic... Mm-hmm. A homo owner, mm-hmm. an obsessed dog dad. I mean, a cristalista. You all obsessed with this dog. I mean, I am too, so it's <laughs> fine. I guess we're both obsessed. Just, yeah, don't shade me. I'm sorry. You're right. For my noche obsession, that's projection. He is obsession worthy, so it's fine. It's true. Well, you are obsession-worthy, too, my love. Thanks, honey. I think so. I'm pretty obsessed with myself. I mean, I'm so obsessed with you. I'm self-obsessed. Oh, my God. You should be. If Um, I were you, I'd be self-obsessed, too. Thanks, honey. That's (laughs) nice. And probably psychologically unhealthy mm-hmm. um speaking of obsessed worthy i just want to shout out another one of our favorite gazers jackie brown all the way in new zealand hi jackie because she uh slid into our dms and says that she can psychically intuit how we're gonna open the show what what does that mean like she knows if we're gonna say like hey cosmic kitty cats or what? hey soul seekers or 
All right. Well, now hey, I'm gonna... croissants. I know. Now I'm like, should I like switch it up and like try to like challenge her? Yeah, we're gonna pull it out. But I thought that was I thought that was pretty exciting. That I wonder if anybody is... else feels that way. I know. Let us know. Yeah. If you're also psychically attuned to us. Yeah. And also, like, back up. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. I'm just kidding. Please send us messages. All right. Or come in, yeah. depending. Yeah. Well, I love me some Jackie Brown. I know. Me too. New Zealand is definitely a place the spiritual gays are going to go once this goddess forsaken plague ends. Seriously. Whoo, child. But don't get me started on the plague. <sighs> I don't want to talk about it. No, let's talk about other things. Okay. Let's check in. Yeah, but I think before we do that, we should just tease the fact that we have a dope-ass conversation coming up. Yeah, if you didn't know from the title of this episode, mm-hmm. our Spirit Talk guest is the one and only... Icon jo- legend. Icon legend. Diva goddess. It's JoJo, everybody. Yes, JoJo is in the house, graced us with some presents. I don't know how we got her. I don't know how we kept her here long enough to have a spirit talk, but we did. And you're going to fucking live your lives. Yeah. Very excited. So we will get to that very, very shortly. But first you have to hear about our lives and then you have to hear about the cosmos and then we'll get to Jojo. Yes. So either buckle up or fast forward. It's up to you. You're the master of your own destiny. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? Me? Yeah. I'm checking in first. You are now. Well, fuck. Okay. Um... Check in with me. I mean, just look at me. Have a conversation. I mean, we don't have conversations otherwise. That so. is literally all we do. It's just the two of us I and Noche no in this house. What goes on in your life except everything. You know what, though? But sometimes I actually feel like in these check-ins, we share things with each other that we don't usually share. No, it's true. That's true. So, so tell me something that I don't know already. Well, I don't know. I have definitely been feeling like I've been playing it safe recently and like I've been being a little small in my life. And I think part of that is a response just to the fucking pandemic and that life has felt very dangerous. Just like going to the grocery store in certain months in these last two years has felt very dangerous. And so that has, I think, caused me in a lot of ways to retreat and retract and to seek safety in all things, which has its time and place, but I'm starting to feel like very dissatisfied like i have a big soul and i'm not letting it express itself and i'm not taking risks and so i've been meditating on what that might look like and what that might be and for a couple of weeks now i've been thinking and feeling and resenting and also allowing the idea that brandonna needs to come back but I knew it. I I can't bring her back in the way that I've always brought her back, which is to like put together a show because it's just not time and place to put together a live show. Can we have a little tease of who Brandonna is for people who don't know? So Brandonna Summer is my alter ego, but she's also a spirit from another dimension who in some ways I think even predates my birth. She is a living legend, a branding icon, a songstress, and an oracle. And so what I was thinking was maybe once a month, Brandonna could get on Instagram live and perform the Brandonna summer goddess Oracle. And she could give readings and she could, you know, just share what she's been up to. And if she can get her shit together, maybe she could even like sit at the piano and sing a song. 
I mean, that's what the children want. But it's just like once a month where she shows up and she uses her gifts, which are not the same as my gifts. And I feel like it's risky and I'm forcing myself to talk about it because I honestly would rather like not have to engage with all of this. But, you know, it's not mine to to close the door on. So that's my check-in. That's what's going on with me. Brandonna Summer, Goddess Oracle. I think yes. that's I think Libra season. She's a Libra rising. So I feel like that's probably a good time to to roll that out. Where you can plan and plot and organize during Virgo season and then let the beauty unleash. Exactly. In Libra season. In Libra season. I love that. Were you at all inspired by BB Zahara Benet? I mean, and I asked that just because we recently watched a documentary called Being BB that's all about BB Zaharbonet, another drag race legend, icon, winner yes. of the very first season of RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race, and just like an incredible human being. Yeah. And I was very inspired yeah. by watching that documentary. But I've been thinking about this before that. And, and honestly, that documentary actually, actually kind of depressed me because I was like, this woman is so... Not like she didn't depress me, but just like that she's so incredible and she's still having to hustle so hard all the time just to get the respect that she deserves was, it's just hard, you know, it's hard to of witness, yeah. you know, just like the inherent racism that just like permeates everything. And that right. just because she's a black queen, she has to work so much harder and because she's like not American. And even that whole scene in the documentary where it was like, you know, maybe you need to get like a dialect coach and like be yeah. more homogenized, which I think is like the issue with culture right now is it's all homogenized. Like we need the weirdness. Like that's what gets exciting. That's why I loved Silky Ganache. Yeah. Because it was like weird and it was creative and it was authentic and unique and a little bit messy. And like, that's, you know, that's how the soul gets let in. Well, you are weird and unique and very messy Fuck as you. well. So I think the world needs it. And I'm excited. Bring the mess. Look, the world needs a new pretty mess because the old one is probably going to jail. Is, no, stop it. Allegedly. 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 You have to say allegedly. Allegedly. All right, well, we're not going down that road. No. We have better things to talk about. Like you. Check in with me. What's going on in Who, your life? Me? Yeah, you, girl. Well, I'm fabulous. Tell me something I don't know. Stunning. I said, like, tell me something I don't like know. Stunning, guys. My Girl, skin right now? It actually, right now, always. I know. It's supple. Is really the word I'd, I'd say <laughs> to use is supple. I'd say it glows from within. It glows from within, but I think that's just my heart. Oh, shining through your face? Yeah, I think it's just my heart shining through my face. That's amazing. If only you could, like, know. market that. Gosh, could I? Is there anyone out there who can help me with that? <laughs> the Spiritual Gaze skincare line? That's where I draw the line. Oh, honey. Don't draw the line just yet. What's your favorite song from Smash? They keep on moving the line. <laughs> there you have it. Shit. <laughs> I mean, you're singing it constantly. I know. So I it's in you. It's such a well-written song. Oh, and so is its spirit. It's in you. Um, all right. I am, honestly, I'm well. I mean, it's funny, like, my thing that I was really kind of sort of ruminating on coming into this was all about confidence. Oh. And just finding that I really need to be working on my confidence, like, actively. Um, I... 
have always had a interesting relationship with just my own confidence. It's kind of like, it's almost like the ocean, you know, it like ebbs and flows. Yeah. And just like can come in like crashing like a wave and then, but also just like recede incredibly quickly can suck you out to the depths. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm in a place right now where I need to learn how to like equalize that, you know, like get to a, get to a stronger baseline level of it. And I feel like I am, but I also feel like I need to actively participate in that process. It's not, I think in the past, I always relied on my life to give me confidence, like just essentially like too much external validation. Right. Like your job, your bank account, how many compliments you get, the car you drive. Yeah. And now recognizing, um, you know, over these last couple years and, and really just in these last couple months, like how important it is for me to be giving that to myself and, and how much I've uh, kept myself from just having like an, a greater inner sense of it and recognizing too that like I have to give that to myself. Yeah. Um, and finding ways to do that, to be healthier in my body image, which is huge for me because a lot of my confidence is tied up in that. Um, but it's also tied up in my creativity. And so I think, um, even similar to you feeling this sense of like having allowed myself to be a little small in it and needing to allow, like, I'm not having too much trouble letting the work be large. Like I'm doing a lot of writing. People are responding to it positively. Um, and it feels big, but I need to make sure that the person behind it can be just as big as the work yeah, and just as confident in as the work. I'm really struck by your using the ocean as a metaphor for your confidence mm -hmm. because, you know, the ebb and the flow is caused by the moon. Right, right. And so if you think about your own confidence and you're saying, I want it to be less oceanic, like I want my confidence to not be so affected by my own like lunations, my own emotions. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that even though I might be like having a bad day, my confidence is still yeah, unchanged. Yeah, there's still a stability there. And I think that true confidence isn't dependent on how things are received. right. You know, true confidence is like, yeah, I had a bad day or yeah, this isn't going to be for everybody or yeah, I've got a pimple, but I'm still gorgeous and talented, you know? Okay. Truth. So I just, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. No coincidences, you know, the metaphors we choose. Totally. So, you know, just food for thought and hopefully all y'all are, um, Working on your confidence as well. Yeah, and finding a stable relationship with it. Because we all deserve to feel confident in ourselves and our beings and in our lives. Um, all right, well, we need to just talk about the cosmos. Let's just, let's just, we, there's a couple brief things to bring up. So let's just, let's just dive into them. Are you ready? Yeah, let's give the children this episode's Cosmic, Cosmic Update. update. 
headline um for this cosmic update is we get a mercury shift the planet mercury planet of communication thought ideas opinions the way you think the way you talk it is shifting into libra oh and that is happening on the 29th of august oh so when we see the planet of thought communication ideas and opinions Shift into Libra, which is a bit more of a kinder sign, a bit more congenial, a bit more like, what do you think? What I hope it does is offer a greater sense of cooperation. That would be nice. Right? For everyone. You know, because this is something that's happening just generally, right? As we know, the transits. And then, of course, it happens in everyone's chart in some area of your life. Um, and it actually kind of does a few things. It, on, uh, the 3rd of September, it trines the North Node. Oh. In Gemini. And I'll just double it for you. Then on the 4th, it trines Saturn in Aquarius. Oh. So you have a Mercury hit with the Node, and then you have a Mercury hit with Saturn. Wow. Mm -hmm. So in a way, you might almost, it's like such an interesting activation, right? It's almost a grand trine. Yeah. It's almost a grand trine in air. Mm -hmm. And to me, when Mercury hits the nodes first, it feels like there's some sort of aha moment. There's some sort of like thought of destiny. And then Saturn comes along a day later and shows you the work required to bring it into fruition. Yeah. Or the structure that can like channel it, you know? Yeah, we always think of like faded moments around any connection to the node. Yeah. So when you think of Mercury, it's like faded conversation, right? Or faded ideas. Yeah. With other people because it's in Libra exactly. and Gemini. So there might be somebody that shows up that's like, oh, I can help you make that a reality. Right. Yeah. There's some sort of like opportunity there yeah. for connection. So it's like, I think really valuable to like pay attention to the conversations that come up. But also pay attention to your own ideas that come up and find someone who feels right to communicate them to. Right. Say it out loud. Claim it. Cast that spell. Exactly. Even if it feels risky and you don't want to and it pushes you outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> Hypothetically, I'm just saying. Yeah. And, you know, be open to the questions that come back to you. Because there will be questions if Gemini's involved. Girl. <laughs> So many questions. Always questions. But if we think about this larger Saturn and Aquarius story that's going on about taking responsibility for our place in the collective, right? Our place in community um, and in our, in our place in helping to innovate the future yeah. that we're moving toward, I think it's also like a really good just step in your process, you know, of figuring that out for yourself. What is my place or how am I going about activating it? For sure. So that's the third and the fourth. Yeah. So just like everybody circle those days on your calendar. Yeah. And then, I mean, just because it's going to be, it's a little far out from when we release this, but it's before we have another podcast episode. 
we have that big Virgo new moon on the 6th. Oh, Mary. So that happens at 14 degrees Virgo. And on that day, we also have Mars and Virgo trining Pluto and Capricorn. Amazing. We have Venus in Libra trining Jupiter and Aquarius. Gorgeous. The sun in Virgo trining Uranus and Taurus. Stop it. And then Mercury enters its retrograde shadow, but we can come back around. Okay, to that. yeah, just just forget that last one. <laughs> and Mercury enters its retrograde shadow. Well, that's huge. I mean, I that know, new right? moon chart is like so blessed. Yeah, all this those chart trines. is on fire. Is there a fire trine though? It seems like there's just an Earth trine and an Air trine. Oh, and a that's just it, right? Yeah, just yeah. Earth and Air. Yeah. So big combo, but really that Mars. In Virgo, Pluto, Capricorn, Uranus, and Taurus. Well, it's the, it's the sun in Uranus, so not exactly. Mars and Pluto are more toward the back end of their signs. Sun and Uranus are a bit more in the middle. Got it. So, um, yeah, 14 degrees. But still, so much trine energy, which, um, you know, trine energy in astrology is, like, really progressive. Yeah. You know, it's really help full energy but you have to take advantage of it yeah it's a venus aspect meaning that like in the same way that venus kind of blesses planets that she comes into contact with trines have that same energy yeah so the work that you do the intentions that you set under that virgo new moon can be really blessed by all of these planets in harmony with each other yeah i think a good day to like set things in motion mm. set things into process yeah because it's virgo right and virgo is all about like all right like let's let's have the plan let's begin the journey yeah so with mars and pluto connecting it's like all right let's take some forward movement that like is really gonna transform the bigger picture of us but then you also have the sun and uranus another change agent so lots of like forward progression toward like greater change is possible. And then Mercury retrograde. Right. Which well, we'll get to next episode. Yeah, because Mercury's not technically moving into a retrograde phase yet, but it's entering its shadow phase. Right. So it begins the story of what's going to be going on during the Mercury retrograde that'll be coming up, but we're not necessarily like digging into it. The Mercury retrograde is not going to happen until the end of the month of September. Not until we get into Libra season. Exactly. Got yeah. it. But we start the story on that day. So just know that like, yes, there can be some uh, like forward progressive changes happening, but just know you are going to probably have to like alter some things, you know, pay attention, but also know that it's going to be the story too, that like plays out all through the Mercury retrograde. So I think that's actually a good thing. Totally. You know, just know it's not going to be like all like quick and easy, but but you continue to revisit and nurture that wish. Yeah. Yeah. So a good planting seeds day, literally. Oh. In a Virgo new moon. I guess. I mean, she's Earth. Sure. Depends on the weather well. and the hemisphere in which <laughs> well, you live. Or just, you know, get an indoor plant. Fair enough. <laughs> and put some, you know, ritualistic magic into her. Yeah, that would be a great idea. Yeah. All right, well, we'll get uh, that'll be the day I get my new plant. All right, y'all. So that is our astrology. Um, if you are interested in more astrology, we do have an astrology course coming up. Yes. Astrology for Seekers. Yes. It is like our, it's not really an advanced It's like class. intermediate. It's yeah. like a, it's like a 
a step up from beginners, but not a huge step. So like if you know the signs and you know the planets, like if you have a, I mean, you listen to this podcast, so you have a general understanding of astrology at this point. Right. You could jump in and explore some of these different techniques that we're going to be uh, teaching y'all. And it's just a way to take your astrology practice and comprehension to the next level. And it's going to be fun. But yeah, so if you're interested in it, you can just actually just go to our website, spiritualgaze.com. has all of the information for you. Click on the Spirit School tab and mm-hmm. you will find Astrology for Seekers. Yes. Um, all right, y'all, let's get to the main event, which is our conversation with the amazing and talented JoJo. So pour yourself a cup of tea, wrap yourself in your favorite pashmina. It's time for this episode's Spirit Talk. All right, we are here in the spirit room with an amazing human being. She is a singer, a songwriter, and an actress who started performing at the age of six and then released her first album at the age of 13. And she's been making music ever since. She had her last album, Good To Know, come out last year in 2020, which was phenomenal. And has a new song that just came out called Worst I Assume, which is off of her upcoming EP, Trying Not To Think About It, which comes out on October 1st, which precedes then a dope little mini tour, which if you didn't get your tickets for, apologies. Um, because I think it's already sold out. We are here to talk to Jojo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, you guys, I'm so happy to be here with you both. For real. Thank you. Um, so excited for you and everything you have going on right now. And that's true, right? You have a tour, but the tickets are all gone. Yeah, we're doing six mini dates. Well, I mean, they'll be full, full size. Like it'll be a full size show, but um, in intimate venues. And I, I was so shocked and freaking out and excited and also being like, should we, should we have done like different, I mean, bigger venues, but yeah, we, we sold out within uh, the first couple of days. So I'm very grateful and I'm so excited to be doing these dates because I haven't performed in front of people in a long time. This will be the first time. Yeah. But it'll be great for you. I think, cause it's going to be like, little, like family reunions for you with all your peeps. Yeah, we'll be. I'm definitely going to be emotional about it. I mean, how could you not be? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I'm emotional just every day living life these days. So, period. <laughs> Done. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're super excited to have you. And, you know, there's a lot of, I think, interesting things we want to try and talk with you about. But we kind of just want to like begin or open up this conversation because you have been performing and just making music since you were a child. Like, do you have a conscious memory of when you really like began to interact with music or really like the spirit of music? Ooh, it being music has, has been around me since before I came out of my mother like my my both my parents are very musical so they fell in love listening to music and they were playing music constantly even while I was you know warming up inside of Diana and (laughs) 
Um, and I don't remember like being introduced to it or falling in love with it. I feel like I've always been in love with music. And my mom says I started singing when I was two. And that like as around the time that I really started talking, I would put like, I would be kind of melodic and I would just try to emulate what I heard around the house. And so it's always been a way that I expressed myself in a way that I felt it made me feel good about myself and just feel good in general. Well, and it's interesting too, because when you talk about yourself as a singer, I've heard you mention, you know, like being like a soul singer, right? And, you know, that doesn't really just like pertain to the style of music, but, you know, soul obviously is this. This thing that we all have a soul, hopefully. <laughs> exactly. Do you feel like in relationship when you are singing with this sort of larger piece of you? Ooh. When I'm when I'm really connected and I'm and I'm like don't have my guards up and I'm not trying to be perfect or I'm not like as much thinking about pull off this run and make sure you hit that note and like thinking about all those things when I just actually am thinking about what I'm singing and what it means and my personal relationship to it and how it might affect other people or just thinking about human beings in general and like the experience of being human that, that that's when I really do feel connected to something much greater than just myself and what's interesting is that I, I always tried to emulate soul singers who were much older than me and who had a much different life experiences than I did. You know, when I was a child wanting to sound like Aretha Franklin and Etta James and Jackie Wilson, and James Brown, like I loved the way that that type of music made me feel, but I had no life. You know, I was a fetus, so I had right. no, no life experience of my own to like, really warrant me singing in in, a, in that way of like pain and hardship. And so I don't know if that, that's interesting. It started from me just being a, attracted to, and I guess relating to in some way, a, a certain feeling that it made me feel there's something comforting about that as well. Yeah. I think that like the body and the voice, like these are the two tools that we have like to express our soul. And that I think something about singing or even speech lets us feel like bigger than our body because our soul is so much bigger than our body. Mm. And so I'm curious, like, is singing part of your spiritual practice? Is it how you connect with the divine or are there other practices that you engage with just like to help you tend your soul? I'm curious because you are an old soul. You've had so much happen to you in your life. And there is this sense that you are in communication with this larger aspect of yourself. Mm. There have been so many times that when I'm feeling just raw emotionally and I'm feeling depleted or just feeling a lot, that I will kind of cry out to mm. myself at home and, or wail or just open and just like just express 
something and that does feel cathartic and um but there are other like more structured practices I guess that I have and I don't always I'm not very consistent with that but when it feels sometimes if I'm crying I want to just to comfort myself with a melody or even humming that that vibration and that resonance within like the sinuses and and within your this whole face area and even in your chest and stuff can feel very comforting so I'll play around with that but I'm I love mindfulness I love meditation um yoga and all those things linking breath to movement or breath to sound I'm into all those things and and they all help me as a singer as well and as a human being like everybody benefits from I think those things yeah I had a teacher once say like your spiritual practice is what you do every day and she said so for some of you that might be a horrifying thought wow <laughs> But for you, that's why I was thinking like, oh, well, singing is definitely part of her spiritual practice because I'm sure you do it every day. And even I think just like sharing with our listeners that just to allow your emotion to make sound, right? Just to like sing whatever it is that you're going through is a way to like experience yourself. Like I'm not very good at talking about my emotions, but I mm. also can like vocalize them in ways that help me just to like allow them, you know? Vocalize them, you mean like non-verbally? No, like I'll sing them or I'll scream yeah. them or I'll like, I'll like sing songs to myself about like what I'm going through, you know, just mm. like to help me process it. Cause I'm also just like a musical being. Um, yeah. This man will just be like singing around the house. I'm like, Oh, okay. But then angel's like, what's going on with you? And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, so I think, um, I just think it's great that you're able to talk about it in that way. Cause I've never even thought about it consciously. Like, Oh, like I'm feeling confused and fucked up like maybe i should like sing through it i i like the way that you you're kind of positioning it as well in the way that you asked me about it and then in the way that we're talking about it because i i didn't think of it as a spiritual practice but it feels like because that's just been such a part of my expression since i was a little girl but that's really cool to think about like when I'm doing it in a, in a true way and, and I'm not, you know, thinking about any commercial aspects or, you know, goals or agendas that, that is really, that is spiritual. Yeah. It's, it's like a devotional practice. I've been yeah. thinking a lot about devotion because it's Virgo season, which is all about like being of service and especially like of service to like your deeper essence. Ooh. And just knowing what I know about you, like you, you've never been able to not be in service to this larger thing. Like even when it's been hard and other people have said like, maybe you should like check something else out. And even like, <laughs> no, like I can't, I have to be in service to this, this thing. And to me that it, that is a spiritual practice. And that is like, what are we devoting ourselves to that's like larger than ourselves, which can just be like our soul, our higher self, our voice. Mm. Or cre our creativity. That's a beautiful way of, of, of saying it. And, and thank you for that. Because sometimes I feel like getting to live a life that it that is as creative and free and blessed as the one that I get to live. Sometimes I feel like it's, it's just superficial or that mm. I'm like, you know, am I really 
helping people or am I, you know, what exactly am I doing? You know, I think we ask, ask ourselves that question sometimes. And I just appreciate, I appreciate the idea that, um, maybe just by sharing our gifts and being present and being vulnerable, that that could be of service to someone else. So that brings up like two things for me, what you were saying, which is, well, one being like purpose and the other being resiliency, which I know is a word you've heard for yourself probably used <laughs> multiple times. I mean, it's a uh, great word. I, it's, it's a great word. word. Yeah. I mean, you could have far worse associated with you, right? <laughs> for real. And I think the, well, I think the resiliency part is what helps you inspire so many people your your fans who have you know been with you and your story but i think the purpose piece of it like you are someone who at a very young age was like oh this is my job here and i am going to do that mm, like, i was clear yeah like how was that <laughs> like, i was just so clear and determined and I had other interests like I loved animals so I was like maybe I'll be a veterinarian but that'll only be if I don't make it as a singer you know and right. even, even though that's like not a job to fall back on that is that's you're a doctor so <laughs> anyway I was not thinking that through I was like yeah it'd be cool to play with pets um anyway <laughs> so I just I'm so fortunate that I knew what I was passionate about from a young age, because some people I've asked older people just because I'm curious, like, what is your passion? What, what excites you? And some people don't have an answer for that. still, you know, decades into their life. And far before my 10th birthday, I knew what I wanted to be doing. So when I signed my first deal at 12 years old, um, it just very much felt like, yeah, this is, this is right. And here we go. And, and I was about to start living in that purpose, which I always felt like I was put here to sing. So I'm, I'm just lucky to be honest with you, because it's a very, it's an amazing story. And to, to live a life where you get to do something that comes naturally to you and, make music and collaborate with cool people and connect with such a wide range of people around the world is a dream come true. Well, and also to get to do that before the challenges of society get put upon you, you know, like you were a young Mm. person. So it sounds like doubt and insecurity, which I'm sure then became a part of the story once other people became involved in a relationship with the world. But being able to go into it without that, was there was there any sense of like doubt or insecurity at that point? Or did that seep in later? There was no doubt, no insecurity. And that's such a good point that you brought up. And, and that's like the magic of childhood as well. And as the, the long the longer you can hold on to that, I think the better you'll be. Um, and I am trying to reconnect with that innocence and that belief 
in that truth because what's the point of doubt? What's the point of fear? What's the point of these things? It tries to protect us when we put up our guard or we brace for the worst or whatever it is, but that's just because life has taught us to, to, to brace for those things. But in my naivete and my innocence, I just didn't have, have that. So I was confident, secure, um, in my gifts. And that was validated for me, even like, even though there, there was adversity and kids bullied me at school and told me I sucked and I couldn't sing and they pushed me into lockers. And, you know, I just, I wasn't the most popular kid. I was a little weirdo (laughs) that just like knew exactly what you wanted to do. And I was also interested in, I was, I loved history and I was interested in witchcraft and I was like all these things that were not very cool, you know? I mean, girl, (laughs) you're a, you're a double Aquarius. So you (laughs) embrace the weird. I I guess so. I was like, Beetlejuice was my favorite movie. And I was just, I don't know. (laughs) I was just a little bit different than like the popular girls. So, but still that was, I was undeterred and I was clear that I, I thought I had found something that, that made me feel special. So that's interesting to have all of that like adversity, right? Like just in your like life of your day-to-day life, but then you're like catapulted into this level of fame at such a young age and navigating that. I am curious at the time, but also looking back to just like, were there, what were the great lessons of that specific period of like zero to a hundred? that you experienced? It really does take a level of grandiose self-belief to Mm. have success in, in a huge way, I think. And my, me being an actual child at that time lent itself to just like absolutely no fear. And, and that self-belief that, you know, pr- propelled the song and, you know, my, my first single and then went on to you know, the second album and continued good things. But I do think that one of the biggest takeaways is that you have to believe in yourself for other people to really believe in you. And it has to be genuine. If you struggle with belief now, really work on belief because I do believe that belief is one of the greatest forces in the world. And, and people gravitate toward it. They can feel it. It resonates. And what, even if you say, I believe in myself, but you don't, th- that energy is actually what people pick up on. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel the same way about like gratitude. You know, mm. it's like you can say like, oh, I'm so grateful for that. But you have to feel it. Right. Ooh. Like you have to like sit in like the feeling of gratitude and be like, oh my Embody God, I'm so grateful it. for this moment. Yeah. Ooh. Cause that is what I think, yeah, is building the energy that then propels you forward to yeah. have more things to be grateful for and to be of service to others. To because when when you're yeah, when you're truly in that space of gratitude, then you want to be a blessing to other people as well, because you want, you know, them to have the same good feeling and Gratitude and belief are just big, big energies that are that are bomb. We love. 
We love right. to see it. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love their ways. But what do you do when you like have those bad days? Like oh there might God, be some people so listening <laughs> who are like, okay, well, like you know, she came in with this like big talent and this big confidence, but I'm really having trouble believing in mm. myself. Like, I mean, I always say like, you just got to fake it till you make it. Angel's big on affirmations. Like you Mm -hmm. just got to say it in the mirror. But what do you do to bolster your confidence on days when you're, you're just not feeling it? Oh my God. I struggle with confidence just as much as anybody, if not more than than some people, (laughs) especially when, um, just I'm, I'm, I'm sensitive and, and social media can, I fall into the trap of comparison and Mm. that can take a toll on my confidence and I can, you know, just look to the left and right. And one of the the things that we already touched on is gratitude and of, of recognizing what it is that I already have, that I already possess that is so great. Mm. Um, Whether it's, my able body. Like that's one of the the things that I really start off and I feel very grateful for is the ability to, to walk and run and do things. And as long as I can do that, then there's so many possibilities. So, so I, gratitude is, is an important part of me feeling okay. And, but, but, but you, you were asking about confidence. So I, I too love affirmations I have a song called I Am, and I really believe I mean, that I really believe that whatever you put after that has so much power to influence not only how you feel, but then what those feelings manifest in your life. So to say things like, I am powerful, I am blessed, I am abundant, I am attracting great things toward me, I am whatever I am whole Hmm. by saying those things, we have more power than we believe we do. And by affirming those things, as opposed to affirming negative things, like I am weak, I Hmm. am sick. I am afraid. Even if you are those things, even if you, you feel those things right now, I'm saying our feelings are just feelings and we can, help ourselves to feel new feelings by implanting new thoughts and affirmations and kind of correcting our train of thought to to a more positive place lovingly and over time. But, but bringing that in as a practice, I, I try to do that. And that to me is mindfulness. It's an exercise of mindfulness of observing when you, you start saying negative things about yourself or about your experience. And then you try to be like, actually, how could I, how could I maybe modify that? Because I do believe in the law of attraction. I believe that what we talk about, what we think about does amplify and attract more like. So in struggling with confidence, kind of like what you said, you can fake it till you make it. And and even if it feels silly to be like, even, even if you don't think you're a great writer, but say you're a writer and you want to pursue a creative endeavor or whatever, I am a great writer. I am a source of creativity. Or I am connected to the source of creativity. I am a channel. I am a vessel. I am just all those things. I think that that's, that's a good way to, to start. It, and identifying your passion 
identifying what makes you light up can be a game changer in your life. And then do all the things that we that I've just mumbled on about. <laughs> no, that's also good. I'm like taking mental notes. I'm like, right? okay, I got to start doing that. I got to start doing that. <laughs> you talk about being a channel and a vessel. And I am curious about your songwriting practice and how you allow not just singing, but song to move through you. Could you just talk to us a little bit about your creative process and how you bring new music into the world? I wish I could say that I had more of a practice for it. Like I wish that I, and I could be this person, but I, I'm just not right now. The person that gets up and writes for 30 minutes a day or, you know, and has that dedicated time. Some, sometimes when I am in a more regimented space, I, I love the artist's way. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that book, mm -hmm, The Artist. Yeah. So morning pages where you stream of consciousness right. I found that I some songs have come from me going back and looking through some of my stream of consciousness writing, circling things and being like, okay, this is maybe this is something here. Um, as far as how songs move through me, I I'm a big fan of collaboration. And in in working with a producer or a co-writer, it, it allows me to, to draw on the things that make them uniquely them and then to bring to the table what makes me uniquely me and for us to create something together that I could not have done myself. And especially with some of the hangups that I have, some insecurities that come in the way or some even lack of trusting myself or my gut. Sometimes it's so nice to have somebody to bounce ideas off of and for them to, to bring ideas to the table and things like that. But sometimes a melody will, will come and I'll write a voice note and then I'll bring that to the producer. Sometimes we start with a progression on the piano or a track already, but oftentimes it comes from conversation mm. and then it'll be like three people in a room and we'll just be talking about whatever it is that we showed up with that day. And oftentimes it's me leading the charge because it, you know, we're writing for me and I'll just kind of share where I'm at, what I'm thinking about. Um, if there's a particular word that has been going through my mind and, and then we start singing. And I think, you know what I'm talking about because you're musical and it kind of just naturally flows from conversation to musical conversation. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think especially with your career, you can see how like the song itself has its own spirit. And so it's just so interesting to me to always ask people like, what's the birthing process like, right? For this mm. thing that like comes from you and also like in no way belongs to you. Like some of your songs, I mean, your songs have captured so many people and it's because they have their own identity it's so fascinating to think about and other people talk about this all the time like the spirit of creative ideas or the spirit of stories or the spirit of characters i mean the way my spiritual practice is composed is i i really believe everything like literally everything has a spirit well beyond the things we can see and so i i just wanted to ask so thank you for sharing so honestly about that well thank you for asking so i'm curious because you you know we talked about um resiliency and it being a part of your story. 
I mean, essentially, there was a period in your life where you weren't allowed to use your voice publicly. You know, you had a label, you had issues, you had two amazing albums that came out and I sang and danced along too. Um, <laughs> even though I was a grown ass man and I was like, <laughs> how am I relating to this 13, 14, 15 year old girl? It's fine. Um, <laughs> I did and still do. Um, but you know, you had this period of time where you had to grapple with, I can't use my voice because of issues. Um, I mean, you were like, I was thinking about it. I was like, God, she was like literally like the Little Mermaid, you know? <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> like the voice Yeah, Thank just you. like taking, oh my God, seriously. So like <laughs> you like had this period of time and, it, you know, it sounds like you had people who were like, you know, well, maybe you have to change your path or maybe, you know, you should evolve it. But that purpose still stayed in there, right? But you also like, it sounds like experienced some like pretty dark, challenging times. And we always um, talk about the Persephone myth. Are you familiar with that? No. So Persephone was like the daughter of Demeter, who was like one of the first earth goddesses, like goddess of grain and agriculture. And basically what happened was that Hades, the god of the underworld, abducted her daughter Persephone and took her down into the underworld. And he fed her this pomegranate. And because she ate the pomegranate, she was bound to the underworld. So she was literally imprisoned in a form of hell. But her mother was like, absolutely not. So she basically petitioned all the other gods. And then she withheld agriculture and food from the earth. And because all the other gods didn't want the humans to like die and forsake them, they were like, okay, you can have your daughter for six months of the year. So Persephone became this symbol of somebody who passes through the darkness in order to reemerge. And it it's kind of their their story of how the seasons came to be. Like in the fall, Persephone would go underground and spend the winter with Hades. And in the spring, she would be reunited with her mother and she would get to come up to the surface again. And you're kind of a modern day Persephone. You are. <laughs> oh my God. But it's true. I mean, in hearing of your story and thinking about literally the imprisonment in some ways, creatively and otherwise, that you had to go through, and then this reemergence, it's, it's very archetypal. Oh, that's interesting. And I love archetypes and that you guys brought that up. I'm just starting to get into that actually. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Like the, the, the archetypes of the tarot and just, you know, feminine and masculine archetypes through time and stuff. So I'm, I'm very interested in that story that, that you just told and mythology in general and how it's like, it, it connects people, um, throughout cultures around the world, like they were telling similar stories to explain things. And I, I find that to be so, so interesting. Yeah. Like um, song. Like song. And I, there has, there've been so many examples of people, women specifically who came before me, who have been pillars of resilience and inspiration and reinvention and of not giving up. So, you know, women like Tina Turner Yes. Cher, yes. Mariah Carey. Absolutely. When you think when you think about their career arcs and their um their peaks and valleys, but their just audacity to believe and to keep going, that that's it for me. And I um so my story is is mine, but it's it's not unique to this industry when 
you know, things happen. And you just, you have to decide what do you want to do with your life? And I, I want to live a musical life. And I also was so fortunate to have fans who were, wanted to stick with me. And whether that meant that I would be able to put out music in a mainstream way or that I wasn't, which I wasn't able to for a while. So I released mixtapes. They still held me down. And mm-hmm. for, for me, being an artist is a very personal thing, but it's also relational. Like I, I get to share music and as long as there's people who, who are relating and digging it, then I'm going to keep doing that. Well, it's dope though, that you were able to always hold that sort of guiding light of purpose for yourself through that whole period of time. I mean, sometimes I couldn't see that light. Sometimes it was real foggy, but, but I will say that the examples of other people that have come before me gave me the strength. Well, I'm sure it strengthened you in so many ways and you have this new EP that's going to be coming out soon. And I know that you have centered it around issues of mental health, right? Anxiety, depression. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's called trying not to think about it, which is ironic because the more you try not to think about the things that you are thinking about, <laughs> it's it's very yeah. hard. Like, So this is kind of um, facing some of those things about comparison. Am I good enough? Am I, you know, where do I fit in feelings of belonging and of self-sabotage and of of like just being like, yo, this is where I'm at. It might not be cute, but I'm going through a hard time right now. And it's a time capsule of where I was at the end of last year. I just ended this situationship that I had been engaging in for a long time of a, a great friendship that that turned romantic and was very up and down for reasons that were my fault and then for just reasons because just things happen and i i in coming out of that it was one of the reasons that like had me just questioning absolutely everything about myself and my life And I felt overwhelmed and I just didn't want to deal with anything. I didn't want to feel and I didn't feel. I I felt numb and depressed and confused. And on top of the collective confusion and uncertainty that everybody was experiencing in 2020 and are still experiencing now. So I I was just, um, I, I felt as though if I didn't write through it, that I would never be able to write about anything else. Like I needed to get this out before I was able to think about making another album. So this is, this is an EP that is, that's kind of focused around this, this blue gray feeling and that feeling of cloudy cloudedness when your thoughts are just negative and you feel out of control that that's that's where I was coming from with this. Well, I know that blue gray space well. He's wearing it right now. <laughs> I was about to say, you're looking like you're in it. Honey, I have a timeshare there. <laughs> so I know it. I know it. 
Um, they didn't call me Eeyore in like in junior high for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Pumpkin. <laughs> I've buried him. Um, but, <laughs> but so how many songs are we getting? It's an EP. What does that mean? Tell me. Listen, <laughs> it's an EP and I'm, I was, I've just been like locked in. So I'm going to wait until the final hour to fully. Got it. To fully. Um finish it but it's it's eight or nine songs and then there's some interludes which i'm just a fan of i just i just love that i love to like listen from beginning to end and have it feel more like a journey i i, I don't like when it's just song 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 end song end yeah. song i really enjoy a flow flow is one of my favorite things <laughs> well i loved that about like you know, good to know, like it felt like it oh, had these you. little moments, you know, like I love that like moment at the end of Pedialyte where it just kind of like gives you this yeah. like flowy vibe, you know, and like there's a few other pieces on there that I love that Ooh, are like that. Thank you so for noticing. I love that. Oh yeah. No, I'm all about transitions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I like to give, yeah, cause it's telling a story, you know? So it's like, let me help guide you to yeah. the next space, emotional space. Um, all right. Well, I'm very excited. And you have, you are a Sagittarius, double Aquarius, but you have so much Capricorn in you. So, and I just love that. Cause like for some people an EP would be like four or five tracks and you're like, it's eight or nine. I'm like, that's an album. I know. <laughs> I know. I don't even care. Like they could call just it whatever. ambitious. Just ambitious. So, so what does that mean that I have a lot of Capricorn in me? Because my dad was a Capricorn and I know that I know Capricorn men, like I have a Capricorn ex and I find them to be very emotional and like mm. dramatic almost. And it's big, big, very big. bigly, yeah. very ambitious. Bigly. It's the last earth <laughs> sign of the Zodiac. So it's like, I call it like cosmic earth. So it's about like, what are we building for the future? You know, Capricorn is like these large structures that hold everybody. And it's kind of like the CEO sign, you know, like oh, Capricorn energy is like boss bitch. And you have five planets in Capricorn, which is a shit ton. Oh, wow. So I thought <laughs> yeah. I had more Aquarius in my chart. No, is it mostly Capricorn? Well, a lot of Capricorn, but you have then this double Aquarius, which is your moon, which is, you know, like wherever your moon is, is major, wherever your sun is, is major. And then the sign on the horizon at the moment of your birth is major. And so for you, your moon's in Aquarius and the sign on the horizon, which is known as your rising, your ascendant is also Aquarius. So that's why like you wave your freak flag and like, you don't give a fuck. And, like, <laughs> you do you're things looking, your own way to do it your own way. But to have five planets in Capricorn makes that like a supercharged part of your chart, which I think is why you've always had probably this confidence and this ability to like stay grounded and to see for the future. Because Capricorn is really looking for like the end goal. Mm, I get that. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then of course you're Sagittarius, which is just like seeking the truth, wanting to learn, wanting to explore curious bitch um yeah and want to take action because our fire signs are our like action inspired signs mm. yeah and what are both of you guys well i'm an aries with a cancer moon and a taurus rising okay which makes me very stubborn very emotional uh and with a taste for luxury <laughs> but, su but super charming that's true very that good looking very good looking guys <laughs> 
Um, I'm an Aquarius sun, so I get you on the freak flag. I'm hey. a Capricorn moon, so I understand about the goals. And then I'm an Aries rising, which makes me like a little too impulsive for my own good and like a little bit of a hothead. Oh, okay. So that's where like the Aquarius- A little Cap- bit. Okay. All right. Calm down. Um, yeah. That's where the Aquarius and the Capricorn are good for me because they, I'm like, well, this would feel good in the moment, but like, is it actually going to get me where I need to go? Okay. There's the balance. I'm, yeah. So I'm always kind of like tempering my impulses a little bit, you know? Cheers yeah. to self-awareness. That's what's up. <laughs> Girl, Cheers. that's why we love astrology. It's the language of self-awareness. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is helpful. What do you guys feel about Enneagram? I don't really know Enneagram that well, honestly. I know people live for it, they but do. I don't I don't really know too much about it. Yeah, I don't know much about it either. And then there's yeah. also like human design. Like there's a yeah, couple that's a of whole these thing new I've been hearing a lot about types of like personality, but I've I just stick with the, you know, astrology's been around for so fucking long. I just like Yeah, we don't need to reinvent in that way. The, mm-hmm, but if it works for you, I'm not throwing shade yeah. at it. I'm just like I'm like I can spend the rest of my life learning about astrology. I'm not interested in like having to learn a whole other system. So that's. But yeah, I'll go to somebody and have them tell me about yeah, it. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a little test you can, you can take online and it, and it's yeah. similarly, it's just insightful into learning about maybe how you can work with your shadow self and. Mm. Send us that link. Okay. I will. Send, I, I want to. Yeah, no, I'm, I always want to learn more about myself. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Well, look, we could talk to you forever and ever and ever, (laughs) Um, but just so excited to like have you in our orbit and in our space. And, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to like uh, just say to you in private, um, just like how much your work um, means to me, Um, but just to like publicly state you know, particularly, you know, over these last few months, um, as you know, I, I lost my father and I know you've experienced that. And your song music really, truly, like, has moved through me at such important moments during my grieving process and has, like, held my hand so firmly. And so I just have to publicly thank you for just the work you do and you know when you say i don't know if you know sometimes i put it out there and it's like who's really touching like just as a one-to-one acknowledgement the work you put out is really really powerful so thank you for using your voice angel thank you so much thank you for for telling me that that is that is like the greatest thing that that i could receive is that you just said that it it held your hand through your grieving like I'm so grateful so thank you and I think because I was so connected to that song after I lost my father it's it's interesting that that energy has transmuted and and that it can be there for for somebody else too because it was it's cathartic to sing it and um I just want to celebrate you for how graceful I've I've seen you been and how present you've been even in the midst of your grieving and of this transition. So well thank you. I appreciate that. Well very excited for the new EP to come out. Cannot wait. Thank you guys. Um, 
I know there's going to be a ton of songs on there that are going to hold other people's hands, <laughs> probably mine. You know, <laughs> let me know what you think. I, I seriously text me after you listen and and let me know. I will for sure. I mean, the the children should know where to find you, but you know, if they want to find out things about oh, you, yeah. in case they too. don't, yeah, tell the children where they can. Hey kids, find come find me. <laughs> um, I'm I'm typically being a little weirdo on Instagram, so it's just I am JoJo, and that's where I would tell you to go because then from there you can find whatever else you need. All right, Lovell, thank you so much for taking the time. And, um... Thank you so much for having me. What's your favorite JoJo song? My favorite JoJo song? Yes, your favorite JoJo song. Oh shit. Um, I mean, honestly, they like shift and change but i just i love the song i am it moves me so so deeply what's yours you know it is a hard question even though i'm the one that asked it i Mm -hmm. guess in your room is probably the one that i listen to the most because it's such a bop you know yeah it's good yeah it's so good um so that's my final answer even though it could change but at this moment that's my favorite yeah, it's a good one. Well, all of y'all get thee to your Spotify's and have yourself a damn good JoJo time. And thank you, JoJo, for coming to the spirit room and blessing us with your presence and your wisdom and your Sagittarius seeking joy. Yes. Obsessed. The obsession continues. Um, and now it's time for our tarot card of the episode. So sit right back and settle in. As Brandon prepares the cards. All right, so just connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And if you can close your eyes and take a deep breath or two, by all means, I encourage you to do so. I'm just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. We're just asking for one card to serve as an oar to row us through these cosmic waters of this current moment of our lives. Ooh, child, it's the Ten of Wands reversed. Oh, fun times. I mean, what a hoot. What's going on? What a hoot. So the Ten of Wands shows a figure who is carrying ten wands and they're hunched over and they're sweating. And you're just like, why is that one person carrying so many wands? And wands really inspire us to action. So when somebody's carrying ten wands, they're carrying a lot of projects, a lot of ideas. It's a very busy person. And the Ten of Wands tends to serve as like a warning, like, yo, you're achieving burnout. Which is hilarious because I think we're all already burnt out. That having been said, when you get a reversal, sometimes it asks you to to hold back a little bit the invitation of the card. So ordinarily, I would say like 10 of wands, put some wands down, like stop trying to do so much and reach out to your community to help you. But because it came in an upside down... And because it's Virgo season, I'm actually just going to say that with compassion and tenderness, give yourself permission to achieve more than you think is possible. Because there are a lot of planets in the sky right now that can make work happen quickly. And so if you could get out of your own head about what the timeline of certain things were going to be, you know, an example of this is sometimes I say like, oh, okay, I need to write the new moon telescopes. I need to give myself like two days to do it, right? But every once in a while, if I call in the spirits and I really get clear, I can write those telescopes in an hour. It can happen so much faster. 
And so I would just say that if there are a lot of things that you want to get done, make sure that they're all like hot button priorities. And if they're not, then put those wands down. But if there are like three to seven things that you really want to get done right now, give yourself permission that it could happen more easily and more effortlessly than you could possibly imagine and get out of the idea that it has to be hard. That's how I'm going to interpret this card at this moment, because it is Virgo season. It is time to get to work. And I don't want anybody to burn out more than they're already burnt out. But I also don't want you to make your life harder by suffering over your suffering, by suffering over all the things you have to do. Maybe you can just do them in a flash. I love that. That's really helpful advice. So thank you. You know what they say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. (laughs) You're so busy. You're so so busy. busy. All right, gazers, you know where to find us, I hope. But if you don't, you can... Find us at our website, thespiritualgaze.com. That's where you can find out everything about all the webinars that we have, the classes at our spirit school, and all the readings that we offer. Um, but on social media, you can find us on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, on Twitter at Spiritual Gaze, or on Facebook at The Spiritual Gaze. Or you can just find us on the astral plane. Mm. We'll be there on No Chase Planet. Yes, an even more interesting place to find us. Until next time, sweet, beautiful gazers, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.